All right, welcome back to another episode of Discover a Thriver. I'm your host, Ethan. And I'm Arthur. And we're here today with the amazing, talented, multicultural, creative, uh, like, he he does pretty much everything. Um, The amazing (laughs) Benny D. Give it up, give it up, give it up. Fellow fellow, uh, Caribbean boy. Thank you, thank you very much for you know sh- sharing your time with us in this early oh, Sunday no morning. <laughs> no problem at all. Anything for you and Arthur, you know, I- I'm always here. Thank awesome. you very much. I- thank you very much. How are you doing? I'll hold you to that. I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, good. So yeah, I'm here. I'm good. Everything is good. I had a late night. Um, me and one of your former guests, Taran. Yeah. Well, out last night, you know, we had to go and show support to one of our friends, Gibson Cagney, who yeah. just opened his compound, I would call it, because he got uh, a clothing store, a recording studio, oh, a design wow. shop, all in one. But he's the guy that does the um, MMA clothing. Uh, I'm not sure if you are familiar with it yet, but you will be, I'm pretty sure, because it's really doing good things. Yeah, we will make oh, sure and put a plug inside in the description yeah. and stuff to, you know, Definitely, yeah, yeah, get some yeah, support. Yeah, of course, yeah. 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 I mean, that's 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 what we're here for, right? Right. Yep, <laughs> and, and who knows, uh, we should have him on uh, also. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, so then he could, yeah. you know, let the world know himself. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Right, so we're going to start with some fire questions. Yes. If you could remember them. <laughs> I forgot mine already, but I have another one, though. It's going to be okay, very cool. lame, but such is life. Go for it. That's cool. What's your favorite color? <laughs> My favorite color is black. Many people think it's actually purple. P- purple because, because of your hair? <laughs> for so long. But my favorite color is actually black. I like black everything. Just yeah. always all black. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Well, I mean, it's yeah, my attire exactly. for today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have the chain. You have the chain. Chain, chain. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, next one. Yeah. And the last one as well. Who is your favorite actor? Oh, man, my favorite. <laughs> I, it, it's too many. It's too many, actually, to name. It's not one in particular. Okay. It's not one in particular, because I love Idris Elba just mm-hmm. as oh, much Idris as Elba. I love Tom Hanks. Yeah, Hans. amazing. Yeah, just as much as I love Tom Hanks, you know, and just as much as I love um, Denzel Washington. Yeah. It's like it, you love each person for, for what different they bring things. to the yeah. character, for their differences. Yeah, they bring different things to the screen, you know? Yeah. So... I just have my particular things that I love to go to each person for. So yeah. I wouldn't necessarily say it's just one person, you know, that um, really invokes something in me whenever I see them on screen. I just, I can really appreciate an actor. Yeah. yeah. Got you. Yeah. All right. So how was it growing up in the VI and what inspired uh, you to pretty much start your career? In the entertainment industry. Okay, so growing up in the VI, you know, it has its ups and downs. I come from a single mom, you know, just a single parent family. So with me just having my mom and she, her raising four kids, you know, at times that could be difficult. Two boys, two girls. Mm-hmm. And 
her having to work two and three jobs pretty much our whole lives coming up. You know, it put a thing inside of me where I thought I had to work two and three jobs mm-hmm. in order to go on with life. You know, mm-hmm. that was just the thing. Following you know, you, footsteps. You, right. You kind of mimic what your parents mm-hmm. is doing or what your parents do. So I thought that was the way that you live life. You had mm-hmm. to work two and three jobs. Mm-hmm. So with that mindset, it instilled in me that even if I had one job or if I had three jobs or I had six jobs, mm-hmm. it made me have to pay attention to what I'm doing. It made me have to go harder at whatever I'm doing. And that's where my work ethic came in. Mm-hmm. You know, just watching my mom and the amount of things that she would do, the little bit of sleep that she would get in between jobs yeah. to have to go to the next job, but still able to come home and be, be a disciplinarian mm-hmm. to the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, and we were kids watching kids, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe a lot of times, you know, she had to rely on neighbors to just pass over to the house to check on us, make sure we were all right. But it was really kids raising kids. You know, and um, we learn how to either develop skills, fend for yourself, um, and, and grow faster than a uh, than a normal kid would. You mm-hmm. know, in an environment where they would have like a two-parent home and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, my older brother he picked up the hobby of DJing. I'm not sure where he picked it up from, ah. but once he picked up the hobby, um, I started to get inquisitive as to you know how how was him picking up this needle and putting it on this record, making that sound. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I wanted to learn that. And um, when I was 10 years old, my brother was like, okay, I think it's time now for me to start teaching you mm-hmm. how to do that. Mm-hmm. How, know, so I started how old he was? 10. I was 10 years old. No, but um, you're, no, your brother. My brother at the time, my yeah, brother yeah. was uh, 10 Maybe 15. Oh, okay, okay. Five wow. Around there, 14, wow. 15. I think, he's, I think he's that much older than me. <laughs> <laughs> Trust I, me, I, I think we all forget our brother's yeah, ages. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but he's older than me. <laughs> but he's older than me, right? So, um, yeah, so in his mind, he was just like, yo, I see that you're interested in this thing. So let me start teaching you how to use it because he didn't want for any time that. Uh, I would disrespect it in a way because at that point now he knows the value of the records. He knows the value of breaking a needle. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't know the value at ten years old. So if I break a needle, it's like, oh, hey, the needle broke. Right. You know, so record scratch. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So he would find ways to punish me for me being negligent with the DJ. So if I broke a needle, then when he leave the house next time, he would take the needles off yeah. of the record player. He would do that for like a week. Oh, shit. No uh, practice for you. So, so, so at the time that I'm craving to learn how to DJ, he's taking it away because I broke the needle, you know. Or, yeah. or if at the time we were using records, you know, the vinyl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... He had the records in crates. If I didn't put the record back into the sleeve and into the crate, mm-hmm. like down into the crate, mm-hmm. he would punish me for that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So he would like, like back then the, the mixers, 
they had a fuse that you could take out of the back. So a little fuse mm -hmm. that would dead the whole thing. <laughs> so he would just unscrew the fuse, put it in his pocket, and he's gone out Thank the door. Right. So that's smart, brother. Yeah, that's yeah. actually, and for 15 years old, like, that is, come on, that's like... <laughs> yeah, I, I can't do anything, you know what I mean? So, but it taught me how to respect Pect. my yeah. craft, yeah, how yeah, to yeah. respect the DJ. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> At the same time that I was learning how to DJ at 10 years old, my best friend um, found it, found that I was interested in music and him being in the band, he asked me to come and join the band. And I initially wanted to play drums because mm -hmm. you know I was DJing with ah. my brother. I'm learning how to DJ with beats and stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, my best friend was playing saxophone. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I guess I got the saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> and I ended up playing saxophone for 12 years. Wow. Amazing. I won the John Philip Sousa Award for being the top player in the, in the island. What? And you know what I'm saying? It's like so many things just ended up coming from it. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So, Sax, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I played saxophone from the fourth grade. At 10 years old from the fourth grade, all the way through college. Do you right? still play? Huh? Do you still play? No. 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 <laughs> when so, was the last time you played? So, um, college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was like 19, 1997. Okay. I think it's when I left my last college. And I had a scholarship to play in band. I also had a scholarship for basketball, but once my basketball dreams were done and I was going to leave school, then there was no more saxophone. And at the time, throughout that whole time, I felt like I could never afford to buy my own saxophone, mm -hmm. but I always had DJ equipment because my brother had DJ equipment. Mm -hmm. right. So once I left college, I had to make the decision of, okay. Are you going to continue playing saxophone yeah. and figure that out? Or are you going to DJ? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, well, I already have DJ equipment, so I'm going to DJ. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I never went back to the saxophone. I never touched it again. Wow. You know what I mean? So, that's, yeah. that's, so that was tough. That's so wow. crazy. Yeah, it's like <laughs> life pushed you towards DJing, <laughs> not towards yeah. any like a basketball or, or saxophone. Right. Yeah, right. I, I, I think you know, deep inside you wanted it. Yeah. Your self-conscious yeah, is telling you. <laughs> it became, uh, and I think, I, I think really and truly, no matter which one of the three, whether it was basketball, um, saxophone, DJing, um, whichever one I decided to go with, I think I would have been able to thrive in it. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, all the different situations, I injured my shoulder mm -hmm. very badly, for, so that ended my basketball career. Right. Okay. I never could afford the saxophone, so that ended the saxophone mm -hmm. career. Mm -hmm. But I always had the Your DJ decks. equipment from 10 years old all the way through. I had the DJ equipment mm -hmm. right there. Mm -hmm. So it was easy for me to take that step and say, okay, you know what? I'm going to continue doing this. And it's so crazy because as soon as I left college, so I stopped playing basketball, I stopped playing saxophone, once I left college, came back to St. Thomas, 
And I started DJing at a nightclub. And at that nightclub, the owner, like a few months in, the owner decides he wants to do something in the community for the kids. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So he decided, his name is Louis Turnbull. The name of the club is Insomnia, Insomnia Nightclub. Um, he decided he wanted to do an open mic night mm-hmm. so that he can be able to let the younger generation have a platform mm-hmm. for them to be able to um, perform and showcase themselves yeah. in front of yeah. people on island. Yeah. And me being the DJ at the club, I had to end up being the DJ for the... Uh, the open the, mic. The, the, for artists. the talent open yeah. mic. And the, that, that the first talent show that we had, there were maybe five or six different entries. And within those, within that entry was a group called To Equip. Oh, right. Yeah. Around in there. <laughs> right. And at the time, To Equip used to rap to other people's instrumentals. Mm-hmm. So I remember specifically. MCing. One of, uh, they were MCing. Well, yeah, but I mean, they were rapping over it, but just over other people's beats. Oh, yeah, okay, like, okay. You know, they were rapping over one of the beats was Lauren Hill. Um, what's that? What's that? Um, Killing me softly. Girl, no, I no. know you got it. Watch, Watch out. out. Yeah, yeah, that, that record, right? <laughs> <laughs> but that beat, so they had maybe like three or four records that they were going to do. But when I'm looking at the songs that they had, or the instrumentals that they had, I'm like, wait a minute, this record, this beat can mix with this beat, and mm-hmm. this beat can mix with this beat, mm-hmm. and you know what, I'm just gonna do something. Mm-hmm. So while they're on stage, for the, they told me the lineup of how they wanted to go, I started to blend ah. at the ending of one record into the next, the next. record. Mm-hmm. So they never stopped. Oh, they were yeah. just like, Oh damn! This is dope. Yeah. <laughs> you know the chemist. The chemistry was right yeah, there yeah, from yeah, yeah. jump. Yeah. So as soon as we finished the performance, the dad, who was their manager, so yeah, at the time, he stepped to me in the DJ booth and he was like, "Listen, man, we ain't never had anybody do anything like that for us. We ain't never seen that before." Kibo. Right. So. <laughs> Kibo was like, we have been looking for a DJ for, you know, for my sons for a long time. What do you think about being their personal DJ? And, you know, mind you, I'm just coming home from college, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, just DJing in the club now. And I was just like, okay. Yeah, let's do it. Why not? You know, I didn't even understand what he was asking me. Yeah. I didn't understand, you know, personally DJing for someone. I mean, I, I, you know, you know DJ Jazzy Jeff on the Fresh Prince. Right. Mm-hmm. But just, to, you know, you know Jam Master J with Run DMC, and I'm talking at those times, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I'm not putting two and two together that that's what those DJs were doing for the artists. They were the personal DJs for the artists. I'm mm-hmm. not putting that together yet. So, whatever he asked me, I was like, oh, okay. You know, yeah. I'm not playing basketball no more. So okay, I don't I, I don't have a saxophone. Okay, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So 
that's all I was thinking is just okay. I'm gonna just go with the flow, pretty yeah. much. Go with the flow. Yeah. And um, you take the opportunity that's giving to you, right? Pretty much, yeah. As long as it's within the lining of what I'm doing, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying. So, mm-hmm. um, you couldn't ask me to to become a sculptor, you know, <laughs> you know, carving rocks and stuff. I don't know nothing about that. So, yeah. Yeah. I would have been like, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're asking me to DJ, okay, cool. Yeah, I know how to do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let's go. You know, I'm so, just gonna um, stick in my lane. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. So you know, after that, I became their personal DJ, and um, I know we get into that more, but yeah, yeah. we ended up doing some things. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um, how how did you and Akon meet? Okay, so here we go on Akon. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna be bouncing once, back and forth yeah, to everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And all that is cool, but everything goes in line. You're gonna see. That's everything. true. Okay, yeah. so are you give us the history yeah. from? I, I'm I'm gonna give you the proper time. All right, let's do yeah. this. So what ended up happening now? Once I became Two Equips DJ, um, for a few years we became a very hot commodity on island. Okay, in within the Virgin Islands, we became a very hot topic. So. After a while, um, you know, the guys, they were still in high school, but they were about to graduate. And um, so, mind you, going to school is to equip Versimmons and pressure bus pipe. Pressure, yeah, okay? yeah. So, all of them are in high school. I'm already out of... Oh, they were all in the same school? They all graduated together. Wow. Wow. Yeah. They all graduated together. So... <laughs> All five of us were the crew. It was mm-hmm. the five of us is who is all around the islands, make doing music, getting our names out there, mm-hmm. right? So we decided we're going to go to America to see if we're cut out to make it in this music thing that we are, as the Virgin Islanders would say, we're the biggest thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But we're like, yeah, but it's bigger than just here. So we need mm-hmm. to go there and see if what they're saying here in the VI, if it's true. Mm-hmm. Are we the biggest thing? Mm-hmm. So we decided to move to Miami first. And then we went on to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. When we came to Atlanta, what ended up happening is uh, we started doing open mics everywhere open mic night everywhere and we were winning open mic nights all the time mm-hmm. right just trying to make our footing in atlanta get acclimated with the state with the city everything yeah. um so before within all of the <laughs> stuff that i was doing in the vi i was doing a lot of things on the streets <laughs> okay <laughs> So I had, I, you know, I, I um, yeah, I just side hustle. Yeah, I had some, <laughs> you know, things going on. Yeah, you need to survive, okay. you know. You survived. <laughs> right, for better or for worse. <laughs> so, um, once we got to Atlanta, there was one guy that them guys used to have come around. He was an older gentleman, but back in the islands, me and him kind of had beef. Mm-hmm. So I would always say, yeah, y'all could go hang with him, but I'm not hanging with him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So the brothers would always go out, and he would take them all around. 
you know, different studios, like, yo, these are my guys from the VI, whatever, whatever. And he took them to a studio one time, and in that studio, he introduced them to a young artist that he knew, very dark guy, African, uh-huh. by the name of Akon. Uh-huh. Okay. okay. <laughs> so they start hearing Akon's music, and they are blown in their minds like, yo, this guy is incredible. And while he's introducing himself to them, they're telling him, man, wait, yo, it's three of us. Wait until you see our DJ, our DJ, it's this, this, and that. So he's always hearing from them um, after them meeting up for a few times. He's always hearing from them about their crazy DJ, but he would never see me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he didn't know who it was. No idea why he would never see me. Mm-hmm. So eventually, fast forward some time later, what ended up happening is Akon started getting um, he started getting Shows noticed six. by record labels, and now record labels want to sign him, uh-huh. but they want to see him start performing because they want to see what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have a DJ. Uh, okay. Wow. So for him, so he was the like, only I DJ know the crazy DJ. Kept, <laughs> the, the DJ that he kept hearing about is from Two Equips DJ. Two Equip keep yeah. talking about yeah. their DJ. He's crazy, just and that. And in his mind, he's like, man, I need a DJ like that. <laughs> so one time, me and Two Equip are opening for the Clips. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Pusha T and Malice, we're opening for them at a club. And in walks Akon. Wow. And when when two see him, they're like, yo, they're like, yo, Benny, this is Akon. Akon, this is our DJ Benny. So this is the first time that we're meeting. Mm-hmm. Straight up. I, like verbatim. Because <laughs> even when you talk to Akon, I know you will. He's gonna tell you the exact same story. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, oh, Sam, yo, good to meet you. And I gave him that. He's like, oh, no, I'm here for you. What? So I'm like, you here for me? What do you mean you're here for me? me. Say what? (laughs) We don't even know each other, right? (laughs) But he's like, oh, no, no, go go ahead, do your show. And when you finish, come back and we'll talk. So, okay, cool. We go, we do our thing. I come back. So when I come back, I'm standing in the middle, two equipers on the sides of me. And he's like, listen, man. I got record labels looking to sign me, but I need to start going out there and doing some shows. And I'm looking for a DJ and I want you to I want you to DJ for me. So I'm like, uh <laughs> You want me to play what? saxophone? <laughs> right. But I'm like, yo, you know, this is my first thing right here. So, you yeah. know. Yeah. This this what I this what I do. And yo, we we, we practice a lot. <laughs> We like we rehearse a lot. We do a lot of open mic shows. Mind you, this is where my mind is at. I'm yeah, talking yeah. about doing open mic shows. <laughs> so imagine, I almost did not become Akon's DJ because I wanted to continue doing open, open mic shows. <laughs> Man, what? <laughs> right? Oh my god! <laughs> so, that definitely would have been a life regret for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Man, right? That's crazy. So I'm like. I'm like, um, yeah, so listen, man, 
we do a lot of rehearsal and we do a lot of we do a lot of shows and um you know if if we got things going on then i can't do anything with you because this comes first for me mm-hmm. his response was oh no that's cool you just let me know when you don't have any rehearsal or shows and i book my shows around that wow what wow Seriously, that's epic that is cool that's, that is that's cool. flexible. So, so you were that's definitely ho- you were definitely hot commodity there. <laughs> <laughs> like when they want you, they want you. <laughs> I, you know, I, even at the time, I still couldn't even say that. But I will say, once we once we got to know each other, um, and we found out we got birthday on the same day, which is when April sixteenth. Oh wow! Yeah, it's seriously. That's so we're cool. Aries, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Once I found that out later on, then I understood why his response was, was like, like that. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because we are the type of people once we once we lock in on something, we're gonna stay locked in and we're gonna stay loyal to mm-hmm. that. We're gonna that's what it's gonna be. Mm-hmm. That's why after seventeen over seventeen years now, I'm still Akon's DJ. Yeah. 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 You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Once I was able to start going out with him, it like you know everything just gelled, everything just locked in right there. Seventeen years, yeah. wow. Well, that, that's like loyalty as, as well, you know. Like where you, we've been talking about uh, the opening of your of your friend's store, you know, the yeah. brand supporting, you know, that's the loyalty you need to have for people that you're working with, you know. So, so just another quick backstory. That same friend, Gibson Cagney, that just opened up the store mm-hmm. for the MMA, yeah. for the MMA clothing. Um, once me and Akon started traveling overseas, Gibson is Akon's cousin. Oh, what? Akon brought Gibson on the road with us because Gibson speaks about eight languages. Oh wow! So he was our translator. translator. Okay. Yeah. Everything comes you together. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> wow. So Akon would just bring him out on stage at certain points of the show when he needs to say something to the audience. Wow. So he would tell it to Gibson, and then give Gibson the mic, and then Gibson would relay it to the audience in their language. That is so cool, though. <laughs> so, again, and we started going overseas. So I got with Akon in 2003. So since 2003, I'm with him, um, and we started traveling to overseas in 2005, 2006. Right. So, oh, so just like then, two years after. Yep, yep. And it's crazy that you said Geneva because that's where Gibson lived. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> when he first came on with us, he was in Geneva. Ah, uh, that's why he spoke so many languages too. It makes sense. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he's from Senegal. He's from Senegal, West okay. Africa, like Akon. Right, right. And right. then, you know, growing up in Geneva, and then uh, he, uh, a few other countries. I forgot. He just said them last night. He named out all the countries last night. But um, just from that, he was able. So what it is is Gibson's dad was a, a top official in the UN. That, that explains Geneva, so right? Always traveled, traveled to different right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. They were always in different countries. So he always learned different languages right, throughout right. those travels. So, yeah, yeah. you know, 
So th- this is how everything is just, you know, tied yeah. in. Yeah. So um, from, like I said, from the beginnings of us traveling to go overseas, Gibson came on with us and we've been friends ever since. So since 2005 to now. Yeah, you I know. think I saw a recent picture. Like, I mean, the clip is seems still very, you know, tight with everyone. Yeah, and yeah. Like, that's one hundred percent. Yeah, it's, we it's, always it's it's amazing to see stayed, though. Mm-hmm, always stay cool. And from two thousand five, after me and Akon met two thousand three, and then you know he got on really two thousand four. By two thousand five, I was able to help bring, um, to equip who had now changed their name to Rock, Rock City. City. Yeah. I brought them to Akon, and he ended up signing them. And then that's how Rock City became, mm-hmm. you know, a thing to start yeah. Yeah, on yeah. their transition into the professional world. That's wow. epic. Yeah. That's crazy. It's... Yeah, you legit knocked out a few questions yeah. there. <laughs> right? Yeah. But, uh, I, I, I'm a talker. So no, 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 no. This is great. Like, yeah, a lot yeah. of this, like, uh, well, Issa has told me a lot about all of y'all. Um, okay. And, yeah. like, I, there's a lot of stuff that I myself did not know, and I'm sure everyone listening and watching. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah. even if they're following you, probably do not know, especially the saxophone thing. Like, yeah. Right, yeah. Cool. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> but how did you get into the film world? And, like, what projects were you a part of? Uh, so, you know, since the third grade, I've been performing. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been doing... Um, talent shows, competitions, stuff like that. But I never put two and two together that what I was doing was called acting. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I didn't correlate the two. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just doing a talent show. The, you know, your teacher tells you, this is what I need you to do. Step here, step here, say this, say that. Yeah. You know, move like this. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand that that particular thing was called acting. Mm-hmm. So, um... It was always in me since nine years old, eight, nine years old. Ah, so the same, around the same time as the DJing then. Mm-hmm. Right, but the DJing started, I couldn't start playing saxophone. I couldn't join the band until the fourth grade. Right. So you had to be 10 years old in order to, to join band. Um, and at that time, I guess my brother seen the maturity in me at, by the time I got to 10 and how much I wanted to learn how to DJ at that time. Before that, I was a break dancer. So I was already break dancing um, and outgoing, you know, so I wanted to be doing the talent shows and whatever the case is. I wanted to be on stages, mm-hmm. you right. know, so it was an easy transition for me. And even for, like, you, 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 um, you from Trinidad, so you know about carnival and yeah, stuff like course. that. <laughs> when I was in the third grade from nine years old, um, you know, for the Virgin Islands carnival, we have the king, queen, prince, princess competitions. Oh, there's a prince and princess competition? Yeah, there's a prince and princess. So every year you have the prince and princess of the carnival. I was prince of carnival 1986. Okay, wow. so th- in third grade, I was prince. So I was doing, again, all the talents, yeah. singing, dancing, all of that stuff from then. So just before I went into fourth grade to transition to DJing and saxophone. I was already coming from all of this type of a background. You know what I'm saying? So 
as time grew, as I went through high school and stuff, and there's, you know, other talent shows and stuff, um, and, you know, I would pull students out of a class, and I would start to jot down, hey, you, okay, you, I'm going to have you say this, and I write it down quick, and I say, yo, you're going to say this. After you say that, this person is going to say this, but then this is going to happen. I didn't understand all of that was part of screenwriting. Yeah. Right. Okay. But again, I didn't know there were names for these things. I yeah, didn't yeah. know, you know, this is what people did for a living yeah. and stuff. I just knew to write it, to direct it, to put it together. I just knew how to do that, you know. So once I got to, once I got older and stuff, you know, some of my friends, especially John John Whitley, who's you know, big time director, camera guy. He, I mean, he just been in film for a long time himself, going to Full Sail, graduating from Full Sail School and everything. Um, John knew, and he lived that he lives in Atlanta also. He knew that I always talked about acting here and there. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So one day, and uh, do I want to say this is before Akon? I'm not sure this is before Aegon. I'm, I'm not sure where this falls timeline in. is, yeah. But I don't remember exactly where this falls in, but one day he calls me and he said, like, um, hey, listen, the studio that I work for, they're looking for talent. So if you come down to the studio, um, I'm going to put you, I'm going to get you to sign up, whatever, whatever, because I know you want to do your acting and stuff. I was like, okay, cool, that's cool. I, I'll come down and do that. I come down to the studio. When I get there, a lady comes to me. She said, here you go. Here's your paperwork. Fill this out. I said, okay, cool. Fill out as best as I can. She comes. She's like, you finished? I said, yeah. She said, okay. And she hands me a number. So I'm like, what's this for? She said, just wait right here and we'll call you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Again, I'm just going with the flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just going with the flow. Yeah. So then... <laughs> Um, they then say okay so we need this group of people right here no 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 not even a group they say okay now we're ready for you so come into this room when I come into this room it's a group of people in this room then they say then they say for the group of us to walk with them into another door we go into another door and as soon as I walk in I see my friend John. So mm. John is standing behind of a camera. Then there's a table, and in front of him, because he's in, he's behind the camera, in front of him is a table with three people sitting down. And all of us come in, we line up against the wall, looking at them, and you know, at first, I'm like, oh, there goes my boy, John. But I don't know why I'm standing in this line. You know, right. I'm just mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. to my guy, John. But then I look at the guy sitting in the middle of the three the three people. The one in the middle is Robert Townsend. Oh. Right? Mm-hmm. So this is, at the time, super filmmaker, black director. Like, he's... Hollywood, he's known for, you know, the five heartbeats, 
He's known for, you know, just directing so many pivotal black films, mm -hmm. you know, that you grew up on. Mm -hmm. So now I'm trying to wonder, like, what is going on? And then he's like, <laughs> okay, next, my it's, it's a line of us. Next, and I see this person step up, and he said, okay, so I see here you are, uh, you know, whatever he's reading off of the papers that we just filled out. He said, okay, so do a monologue for me. And these people just, boom, they break out into this, da -da -da, and they just start <laughs> doing this thing. And I'm like, yo, what are they doing? What, what, what's, what's going on? <laughs> but as we inch, it's like it's getting closer and closer to me. So man, you know, it comes to me now, and I'm like, yo, I don't even know why I'm here. You didn't pay your plans? I don't know what all of these crazy people before me were just now doing. Because, you know, you gotta remember, I don't know what a monologue is. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know that these people are busting out and doing scenes. Uh... Right? <laughs> I have no clue what's going on. Oh, your mic is your mic is weird. Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hello, hello. Yeah, yeah, much better. Okay, cool. So he looks at the papers and he says, "Okay, okay. So I see you want to be an actor." I say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." He said, okay, so um, do a monologue for me. And I said, um, um, what's a monologue? <laughs> I didn't even say what's a monologue. I'm like, um, he looked back down on the paper. He said, well, I see it says that you rap also. I said, yeah, I rap. <laughs> he said, well, do, do a rap for me. I said, um, um, <laughs> and I start to do one of my raps, but for some reason, I start doing my rap as if I'm doing Shakespeare. Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> what? And I'm like, no way. Uh, and, uh, and then I went and I, and I'm like, yo, in my head, I'm like, Benny, what are you doing? <laughs> And in my head, I'm like, I don't know. Oh I'm doing what I seen the other person did. And I'm saying to myself, no, but that's not what they did. They did it like this. And then I, start, I said, well, okay, wait, stop. Okay, hang on. Let, let me start that over. So mind you, I'm saying it to myself in my head. Yeah. And then I tell them, hold on, let me do that over. <laughs> what? So I just started doing it over, but I started to do it the same way again. And then he was like, he was like, okay, thank you for coming in. I was like, <laughs> oh my goodness. I said, okay, cool, thanks. And I walked up. Yo, I was so pissed off at John because... He gotta give you I'm a warning. Like, <laughs> uh -huh. He gotta give yeah, you yeah, a warning. He did not tell me what the hell was going on, <laughs> what was gonna happen. I thought I was just coming down to sign and my sign name something. on the yeah. yeah. He was like, yeah, but you say you wanna act. 
He like threw you in the hot water there though. Yeah. Like you gonna put me in front of Robert Townsend? All right. So fast forward maybe a year or two later, and he randomly calls me. He said, "Yo, you still want to do your acting thing?" I was like, "Hell yeah!" (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. I just said it confidently. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not he so said, green okay. anymore, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I was still green because I didn't do anything since then. Okay. Yeah. I didn't do anything. I, but I was just like, hell yeah, once again, I'm going to go with it. Now, you can't fool me. <laughs> you did it once, and now I'm prepared for whatever is going to come. So he was like, okay, you still want to do your acting thing? I said, yeah. He said, yo, go home, get three different changes three different outfits and meet me at Piedmont Park. So I said, okay, cool. So I go home, I get three outfits and I come down to meet him at Piedmont Park. And he's down there shooting an independent film with a director, with a guy. So, Mm -hmm. but he's a DP, my guy is a DP. Mm -hmm. So the director comes to me, he said, listen, you're just gonna be exactly who you are. You're gonna be, a rapper, this girl, she works at the radio station, but she's on a date at the park. Mm. And you just so happen to recognize her while she's on her date in the park, and you just randomly happen to have your CD in your back pocket. <laughs> Convenient. <laughs> right. So you're just going to run up on her and be like, oh, man, yo, you're such and such. Man, listen, I got my CD right here. If you could just go to track number four, and if you could play that on the radio and whatever, whatever, whatever. I say, I could do that. I do that every day anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I, so I ended up doing it, you know, did it a few times. And then after that, um, my guy, John, was like, yo. So my director friend here, his name is Dwayne Boyd. And he actually owns an acting class. So if you ever still want to continue doing your acting, you can start taking classes with him. And mm-hmm. I was like, hell, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So from there, I ended up starting to take his class and I took his class for the next 10 years while here in Atlanta. Wow. So even while I was the big DJ Benny yeah. D, Akon's DJ all around the world, I was right there in class every time I was home. I was taking my acting classes every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, trying to hone my skills and, um, you know, just just polish it and become better at what I wanted to do. Yeah. And then it just, you know, it, 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 it spawned from there. What so was your first big you project? All the few things that I've been in. Yeah. Um, I've been in Alvin and the Chipmunks, like the last Alvin and the Chipmunks. I'm, tr- I was, I'm trying to remember, like, what was your scene? Because I, like, I, I, well, I, I was the DJ. It's closer down to the end. Ah. Where after, yeah, after the, um, the, the, the girl Chipmunks and the guy Chipmunks got together yeah. and they went to one spot. I'm the DJ that introduces the girl that comes into the scene. Right. Um, so I did that. Um, I'm on Sleepy Hollow. That's a TV show. Um, I was on Good Behavior. That's another TV show that was on TNT. Um, I did a number of independent films, like mm-hmm. like 
a bunch of independent films and then a, a ton of music videos where they needed acting, where they wanted acting in it, you know. So, nice. um, yeah, so I was just, you know, in and out. And then I started to get the bug so much that I started saying, you know what? I should make I need to create my own thing. Yeah, yeah, I want to yeah. make my own movie. So now I want, now that I know the things that I was doing in high school that I didn't know was screenwriting, that I didn't know was directing, I didn't know was acting. Now that I know that's what it is, I'm mm -hmm. going to now put it all together and do it all and make my own films. And that's what I started to do. I started making my own independent movies. Yeah. Well, and, um, yeah. Yeah. I just started just moving from there. That's, that's I mean, like, uh, I need to fly to Atlanta, though. Like, I yeah. think you all are all having too much fun <laughs> in that place. <laughs> like, I was thinking maybe L.A., but I think the ATL is where I need to be. <laughs> you know, Atlanta is where a lot of people are moving to. Even the L.A. folks are moving. That is now. true. That is true. Yeah, I have um, Pinewood Studios is in my backyard. So yeah. It's like uh, about uh, 10 minutes down from my house. Um, so Pinewood Studios is where they shoot all the... All the Marvel movies now. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. All that stuff is being shot there. Um, you know, Tyler Perry, he built yeah, his whole. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an ATL, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All here. So you know, a lot of a lot of things are being done here. A lot of movies are coming here now. Um, so you know, it, it, it's growing. It's, it's mm -hmm. really, really growing now. Yeah, um, maybe we'll have a, a Thrive office there soon. Yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> How important yeah. is it? Because uh, I know you are very passionate, also, but like you know, being a role model for like youth and representing the VI and the wider Caribbean, I'm sure. Like, yeah. tell me, what are you doing or have done to you know keep this kind of movement happening and? Like, how is it, how important is it to you, like, making sure that the youths, you know, thrives, thrive, basically? No plug there. Well, so, so, coming from a troubled background for myself, I was always looked at as uh, someone that would never make it, someone that would um, end up dead or in jail by 18. Mm -hmm. um, I had a, actually, while I was in high school, I had a school teacher tell me to my face that um, by 18, I would be dead. Wow. Right? So, to me, when I think back on things like that, it really makes me think either, either I was really that bad of a kid that would warrant her to say that to me on school campus you know mm -hmm. while i'm in school uniform and everything um or she just couldn't see what i was seeing mm -hmm. she couldn't see that i was a young vibrant kid lashing out and reaching out for for something else like the way y'all were teaching me was not the way to teach someone like me mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. right so in their minds and in their eyes, what they did with students like me, they casted us away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? And now that I'm in my position now, I look back at kids like that and I say, 
it's not that we were bad kids. Mm -hmm. It's just that we Need were treated differently. They didn't understand how to teach us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They didn't understand that we needed to be in a different environment Finance. from the norm. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. from the rest of everyone else. The way that person learns in a structured classroom with the mm -hmm. chalkboard in the front and this and that, we we were more hands-on. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you needed to find those students who were more like that, take them out of the classroom and teach them differently. Yeah. Those students were better at experience learning mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. versus classroom learning. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So, uh, you know, some students just can't sit still. Yeah, yeah no, no, yeah. yeah. Of course. Okay. I, I know quite a few. So I was that. Tehran was that. Yeah. Okay, so we were always the ones that were looked at as you guys will become nothing in life because you can't sit still, you can't listen, you can't adapt to our structure. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, once I figured out in my later years that adults who had no understanding of kids like us would cast us away, and they would, um, they, I, I think there were there were so many kids that they actually made it worse for them by not understanding their way, their their, their way of thinking. Um, I never wanted to do that. I wanted to make sure that I always came back to those kids and told them, hey, I understand exactly what you need. Yeah. I understand exactly what you're going through. And I'm, uh, and here's how I'm going to help you understand, to, to understand yourself. Okay? Wow. And that was always my thing. And that just turned into me just doing things bigger and bigger in the communities. I always wanted to make sure that being that those teachers didn't understand how to teach students like me, um, and not, not necessarily to say like I had a, lear a learning disorder. Mm -hmm. Again, I just, the regular way of teaching yeah, just didn't apply, it form, just didn't yeah. do well for me. That's all, yeah, I, I'm, I'm more hands-on. I needed to be out in the field. I needed yeah. to be, uh, I needed to experience what we're talking about. Yeah, I was just, uh, I was just telling Arthur, like, uh, even my own brother, like, listening to you, um, is the same. Like, he's, he's actually into film. Um, the yeah. whole, you know, book thing was not, you know, his cup of tea. But right. when he started going to SAE and New York Film Academy and stuff and actually using the camera, you know, he's now being called by E and by all these other companies to do stuff. Like, right. I, I, if right. I'm not mistaken, I think, no, he didn't do anything with Aegon. But, like, um, he just followed his, but he kept, you know, focus. But, yeah, you're right. Like, I think depending on the field, you know, like, once you get your hands in it, you yeah. learn better, I think. And as, as parents, you have to see that quick. Mm -hmm. I agree. You see that fast from young and just say, yo, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help push you in this field. I'm going to learn what you want to learn so yeah. I can help get you mm -hmm. in that. You know I mean? yeah. and, and because, you know, a lot of parents can also stifle a kid mm -hmm. because they don't know. They exactly. don't know what 
that is like you want to do so yeah nah don't do that that's dumb Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Not knowing that, not nah, that's what it is that they should be doing. So, mm-hmm. like I said, um, I just wanted to get out into the communities and really teach that to to the student, to kids that were like me. Again, the A and the B students were always getting rewarded for things. The C, D, and F students, they would always get casted to the side. So those that that's where you end up having more dropouts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you didn't have anybody trying to really nurture them or teach them in their own environment. So I started to go at things differently. I started saying, instead of me just being the 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 um, talented someone speaker that comes to the school and talk to the kids, mm-hmm. I'm also I, I'm I'm so I'm they're gonna of course have me talk to those A and B students, but I'm also gonna request. To speak to the C, D, and F students. Right. I'm also going to request to speak to the challenge students. Mm-hmm. I'm also going to make my way into your neighborhood. I'm going to go to different neighborhoods, and mm-hmm. I'm going to go on the turf mm-hmm. because I know there's a lot of kids that's on the turf that didn't come to school today mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that wouldn't be able to hear me talk or see yeah. me in the flesh or right. anything. And from there, I didn't just start doing it in the Virgin Islands. I started doing it whenever I travel around the world with Akon. Mm-hmm. So once I go to a different country, like especially throughout Africa and stuff, I would always go to my room, put my bags down, come back downstairs, tell one of the drivers, hey, take me to the hood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they would just drive me there. Some, you know, Sometimes a promoter would beg and plead with me not to go to these certain areas because it's dangerous and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, Homie, you can only kill me once. So true. You know, yeah. that was it. You can only kill me one time. So I'm going to do what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I would go into these hoods and I would, you know, be front new, front line with them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, yo, you're going to see me on TV. You're going to see me in the commercials. You know that this big show is coming. But now here I am, right on your turf, on your level, hanging out with you, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Vibing with mm-hmm. you and all that. That type of stuff does a lot yeah, to a yeah, youngster. Yeah. No, I definitely that think uh, you're right. Like, in terms of people, uh, especially on your level, you need to do this outreach. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. right. So that type of, you know, just, I remember one time as a child, um Bujubanton came to St. Thomas to perform. Yeah. I couldn't afford to go to the show. So I was like outside of the gates. But when he finished his show and he got into his van, the gate opened up and they drove out. And I swear to you, all these years later, I swear Bujubanton looked over at me and then the car just kept going, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Again, for me as a kid, that was something. Right. He looked at me, like he looked in my direction, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So imagine now me being in that position to someone around the world, wherever, mm-hmm. and not only did I look in their direction, but I also came over and shook their hand. I gave them daps. I hung out with them for a few. What, what what's what what's 
what's the harm in just let me just spend 20 more minutes here 30 more minutes you know what i'm saying let them ask me whatever questions they want to ask me you know what i'm saying let, let them get the nervousness out of their system yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know at first they might not even be able to ask a question mm-hmm. oh um uh, um <laughs> what's your favorite man? color <laughs> yeah. you know hey, do you up. like to wear shirts you know but you're wearing a shirt you know it's like yeah. you know so it's like okay calm down get it out you know what i'm saying and once you once you're able to get that out now you're able to have the conversations and stuff like that. And now you can say something that'll be a, a, a jewel that they can keep with them and mm-hmm. take off for the rest of theirs. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, even now, after my 17 plus years career with Akon and counting, of course, um, now I go to certain places and they're like, man, I remember back in 2006 when you came here and you spoke to me and my friends over something, but now they're grown at mm-hmm. this point now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And some things I may not even remember, but for them, that was a lifetime memory. Right. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So I thrive off of stuff like that, just mm-hmm. wanting to be able to make someone's day brighter mm-hmm. by just spending just a little bit more time of your time there that's you know amazing. what i'm saying yeah and, and, and that's really my that's really my thing that's just what i do um just because again like i say when i was a kid i had grown up looking at me like i wasn't going to be nothing and i would be dead by a certain age and i said when i'm in a position as an adult of influence I'm not going to do that to a kid. I'm not going to tell them you're going you're not going to be nothing or you know you're going to be dead or whatever the case is. You just got to figure out how to channel your energy into another direction. Mm-hmm. If I feel the direction you're going could be down the wrong path. Right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Cuz you know again, I was going down the wrong path, but I just I had to come to the conclusion of well Am I going to fare this way or am I going to fare that way? You know what I mean? So I had to make those decisions for myself. All I can do is give these people just a little extra push and suggestion as to, hey, if you go down that way, this and this could happen. If you go this way, this and this could happen. You make the choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that's like... I. F- I feel like right now there are a lot of people who are in that situation and they're getting out of it because uh, I feel like the the school system is um, is changing. It's evolving. It's yeah. evolving. A lot of people <laughs> are like you described. They 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 um, they they are the tired. Yeah, they're tired of being in that same school system and having classes that they don't want to learn uh, stuff they don't want to know anything about. But I don't even use. Hidden, yeah, <laughs> and then hidden talents that right. do not get developed. So, but, but you have to understand too that we're, we're living in the social media era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. So so now the information is out there. The information is right in the palm of your hand also. Mm-hmm. So if I, if I, if I want to know 72 times 38 plus 18, 
I can just go right to it. Google yeah. or my calculator or, yeah. you know, yeah. it's right here for yeah. me. I just have to figure out how to apply it. If I want to know how do, what, what types of food do giraffes eat and mm -hmm. where is their habitat? Where do they live? University Google. On Google, then I can say, hey, I want to go there. I, I want to go to Kenya. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to see the giraffes and this and that. Um, you know, now you cannot also stop saying that Africa is a jungle mm. <laughs> because now your mind is expanding on things. Now, a lot of the things that they used to teach us before, they can't pull the wool over our eyes anymore mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. now we're being exposed to things. So now you're having students and kids um, or even adults who are still learning um, figure out that. You know, a lot of the older ways of teachings, um, it worked for some, it didn't work for all, and it was just the same structure all the time. And now that we're in this social media type of an era, um, now we're figuring out that there are plenty of different ways that you can learn, that you can teach, mm -hmm. that you can get your message across. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It doesn't have to just be the one particular way of how we came up, you know, yeah, um, and if you don't go that way, you're done. Mm -hmm. you know? So it's no longer true when people say, you know, if you don't finish school, you'll never be nothing. Mm -hmm. You're right. Yeah, right. Yeah, for exactly. real. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I, I think you know we're, we're all surrounded by at least a few that prove that wrong. Mm -hmm. For sure. Listen, mm -hmm. quite a few. Especially in my field. In my field, there are a lot of kids who, uh, a lot of kids who dropped out of school to pursue their, 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 their dreams. Their dreams, yeah. And then were able to, again, get out into the field and still learn, but through experience. Yeah, yeah. because I did a... No, sorry, go ahead. No, it's just saying experience to me is, is one of the best teachers in the world. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, I did a talk, well, we had a... a a panel in Trinidad with some actors, comedians, and she said the same thing. It's like directing to the parents, basically what you said. It's like listen to your children. You know, not everyone has to be, you know, a doctor, uh, a lawyer, or these traditional things. Mm -hmm. Like right. if, if they want to be a singer or a trumpet player or a saxophone player or whatever, you know, let Watch them do that. Again, let them try. Like, yeah. back, back, to, back to what I said because they didn't know about it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it wasn't real for them exactly you know back then there wasn't but so many people that could be an out of the box have an out of the box career mm -hmm. i didn't know djing would be a career for me djing was something my mother just kept telling me turn that nonsense off <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm so for a long time i thought it was nonsense, but it was just something I had to sneak to do. Right, you know right, what I'm right, saying? Right. Yeah. But then eventually you find out, oh, wow, this can actually be a, a career. Yeah. I've made a career. I've traveled the world. I've traveled the world more times over than my uncle, who was the traveler before me, was able to do. My mother have not gone to continents 
besides yeah. what I've been able to do. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And my mother was one that was able that was working the two or three jobs, the structured type of a thing. And again, the same nonsense that was being told to me that I needed to turn off at the time is what was able to allow me to travel to damn near every continent, so many countries around the world, um, and, and for me to have friends in so many different places. So my, my you know, it, 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 it's, it, it helps with uh, racism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, which is one thing that I wish racist people would do. Sometimes you guys sit there and be like, you haven't traveled, have you? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. What, what, when, yeah, when they have like a racist thing inside of them, you're like, you never been around the world. You haven't been outside of your exactly. company. Your bubble. Yeah. Your bubble. Yeah. 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 That's you true. That's, that's 100% so, like that. Right. Yeah, because if you travel and you and got to meet other people and meet uh, and get into different the cultures. cultures. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You start to realize, you know. different things. You would never have that type of a mindset. Mm -hmm. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate and I'm very happy that I was able to stick to um what what I was what I what I've done you know my, my music career over these years and very fortunate for Akon to have taken me around the world and you know just to be able to to come back to America and when somebody says you know one one of my friends say yeah those Chinese people over there hold up you don't know they're Chinese they're mm -hmm. Asians you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, so now I'm able to teach them. Or oh, um, somebody said, man, I want to go to Africa. Oh, no, no. They will say, oh, I've been to Africa. Yeah. Where? In Africa. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> Africa is many countries. Yeah. West Africa is very different from East Africa. Yeah, definitely. East and Africa North and is South very is also different completely. from Central and South Africa. <laughs> yeah. So... Where? Where? <laughs> Pinpoint the location, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, I've been to Africa. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> so, you know, I, 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 again, man, like I always say, um, when you get to travel, man, when you get to have those experiences and get around the world, it's What's so... What's your best country? Uh, man, that's, that's been one of the main questions that i've gotten over the years i'm sure what's my what's my favorite country and what's been the best show that we've done and i can't say because yeah. i just respect and love every, every country, country. Yeah, 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 yeah yeah exactly for its thing mm -hmm, you know exactly, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah and like i said when i go to west africa liberia is still different from ghana ghana is still different from senegal senegal is still different from mali so you know, me being all through West Africa, each country has its own different thing. Ivory Coast, you know, all of them have different different things that I love about them. Different right. languages, first of all, because they all speak different languages, right? Um, and then when I go to East Africa, you know, when I'm in Kenya, when I'm in Uganda, when I'm in Rwanda, when I'm in Ethiopia, you know, all of these different things for me is just... I appreciate each of these countries for what they got, you know. So yeah. there's no favorite country. And, I, and, of course, that goes all the way into Europe and everything, mm -hmm, too. Mm -hmm. you know, when I go throughout Europe, 
I just respect it all, you know. Mm -hmm. Same thing for when I go to Asia or Japan or um, Australia, you know, South America. I just really love all these different countries. And again, like I said, I have many friends in all of these different places. So it's no way that I would sit here and be like, well, I love my Senegalese friends more so than yeah, I love my... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? That's not yeah. what it is at all. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. I have a you know. few more, um, and I think uh, Arthur way. has also, yeah. But um, <laughs> I'm, I'm also very curious. What is the story behind your hair? My hair? Okay, so let's get on the Mohawk topic. Mm -hmm. The Mohawk uh, topic. So, <laughs> right? So what happened, and I'm not sure how much you know about me performing with Akon, but before, um, I used to wear a kilt on stage for many years. Oh, yeah? I remember seeing I, stuff. Yeah. I wore a kilt for years, okay? So what happened, and I think the Mohawk came first. I started to notice Akon's name and aura was growing. So we were growing within the music industry and around the world. Mm -hmm. Okay? But I'm six foot three. Akon is about six one. Our drummer is six foot four. Wow. So we're, we're tall. Oh, yeah. Um, our previous bass player, he was six four, six five. What? Yeah, right? Okay, so Whenever we would walk through airports, people would always come up to us and be like, man, are y'all a basketball team? <laughs> <laughs> right? So, as, so that was the beginnings of that type of a thing. And then as Akon started growing, it just looked like a big group of black guys walking through. So we always looked like a team, but you couldn't really tell who was who or what was what. It was just a group of black, tall black guys walking. <laughs> so one day I said to myself, and we were in Paris, I said, man, you know what? I want to stand out from our group. Yeah. <laughs> So, and for me, my hair grows pretty fast. So I, I shave, like, my sides. I shave every other day. Every other day, wow. Grows. Every other day I got to grow. I got to shave because it, it starts growing back already. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I had to shave that day, okay? So, okay, can you, can you see right now? Like, I see that. Yeah, can you yeah, see yeah. that I need to shave now or no? No. Yeah, it I shaved. I mean, it shaved. I could see a little stubble, but nothing that much. Okay. Yeah. So you see the stubbles right now? I feel yeah, yeah. I need to shave. Right? It's been two days. I need to shave today. Right. Okay. So this is where I was at in Paris. When I got the bright idea in my room by myself. You know what I'm going to do? <laughs> I'm going to put a mohawk in my head. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so I lather up my head and I say, okay, I'm just not going to shave this part right yeah. here. <laughs> so 
just exactly what you can see yeah. is all I left on top of my head. Yeah. And wow. I'm like, yeah, I got a mohawk. <laughs> yeah, why not, you know? Like, you and always have color. to develop your style, you know? Yeah, I mean, so you I'm become gonna get iconic. To the color. Yeah. I'm going to get to the color in a second. <laughs> so I put on a hat and I go to the show. And when I go to the show, I'm like, yeah, so, you know, and I just want to reveal to everyone that I got a mohawk now. <laughs> and everybody's looking like, uh, what did you just say? <laughs> you know, but that was my thing. I really wanted to do the mohawk because I wanted to stand out from our group. Yeah. And then my mohawk just started growing. Of course, it was very crooked at the time because I was doing it myself. <laughs> and then, you know, I got it shaved up and everything. So it was black for a long time. So how did we get to purple? Mm -hmm. Some years later, I'm acting in a film. I'm doing a movie, an independent movie. And the director said, man, for your character, I would love for you to dye your hair either red or purple, because that's just what I see. And mm -hmm. me, when it comes to acting, I get into my character. Definitely, right. definitely. Okay. So I was like, okay, I think I'm going to do the purple because I always see people with red hair. Mm -hmm. So purple seems different. Mm -hmm. He said, okay, so I would go home, I get myself together. Um, I went and I, um, I had a lady come over to my house to dye my hair. Boom. I got purple, a purple mohawk. I start filming. While I'm filming the movie, my phone rings. It's Akon's manager. He's like, Benny, we have a show in such and such. <laughs> and I say, yo, I'm not going. I'm doing a movie. I'm not leaving set to go nowhere. So tell Khan he's going to have to get someone to replace me for that show. All right, all right. I mean, I'm, I'm going to tell him, I'm, I'm, you know, he's not going to want to hear that, but okay. All right, back. I'm back to the scene now, doing my thing. Boom, phone starts ringing again. Akon calls. Yo, Benny D, yo, I need you on this show. Yo, I, you know, I can't do the show without you. <laughs> I said, Khan, I'm on set. I'm filming. Yo, Benny, yo, hey. <laughs> I need you on this show. <laughs> I said, yo, let me see. Let me talk to the director. Because, again, it's an independent movie. But I don't want to disrespect him as if it's not a big film. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, so I, I want to give him the same respect. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. if it was on a big film, ain't no way I could do no nonsense like that. Talking yeah. about, yeah, I got to go do a show. Yeah, and definitely. Come back. Yeah. Right? But I asked him, I said, hey, you know, Akon needs me to come out to do this show. Is it possible that, you know, it only takes me really three to four days because it's, it's overseas. So I'm going to leave. If I leave today, I won't get there till tomorrow. I'll do the show and then I come back the next day. So three to four days and I'll be right back. He said, yo, you know what? I got you because of your name also to attach to my film. Right. So I know that this is what you do. Mm -hmm. So we're going to start, we're going to shoot after today, we'll shoot 
other scenes that you're not in. Yeah, so you can skip. Until ah, you get back. Yeah. Right. So I say, all right, so we got one part out the way. <laughs> you're dying. The here. second part <laughs> that we got to get out the way is I have purple, purple hair. hair. <laughs> <laughs> So, there is absolutely no way I'm going to be able to dye my hair back to black, go and do the show with Akon, come back and be able Dyed. to dye my hair back to purple mm-hmm. and continue yeah, filming. Yeah. So, I said, man, I'm going to have to do this show with purple hair. <laughs> and I wore a hat all the way there. And, you know, I went straight, as I got there, I went to his hotel room and I said, man, yo, caught me at a really bad time. I need you to check to see something. <laughs> and I take my hat off. Yo, he fell on the floor laughing. He was dying. Yo, he could not believe that my hair was purple. He found that to be the most funniest thing in the world, right? <laughs> So, so I said, man, all right, man, whatever, whatever, you know. So we go out, we do the show. Again, I don't remember where we were when we did that show, where I, my, my first purple hair show. <laughs> so we do the show, right? And it seemed to have gotten some good attention. Like the fans really liked that my hair was mm-hmm, a different color. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I was like, well, yo, that was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I got back home, finished the film. Then I said, you know what? I'll keep my hair purple for another week. Mm, yeah. Then it was like, I'll keep it for another two weeks. <laughs> I'll keep it for another month. Yeah. How many now years it's after? Like, it's been like seven or eight years now. Wow, man! I feel I can relate so much to you, man. Like, but I mean, it's so iconic <laughs> now, anyway, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So now it's you know I'm known as the purple Mohawk guy. <laughs> okay, so, you know, even if you even if you go and, and look for a hashtag saying purple Mohawk, I come up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so well, you know, that's cool. It took huh? on a life of its own, and now it's um, you know, now it is what it is. Wow, yeah. that's epic. Yeah. You are you're an actor, you're a producer, you're a writer, a DJ. Yeah. Like many people say, um, you focus. You need to focus on one thing to become successful, right? Yeah. But you yeah. focus on so many different things, and like, how yeah. do you keep your focus? How do you manage your time? How how does that work for you? Uh, so that's two parts. Mm-hmm. The first yeah. part, can I answer to the people that would say you do too much? Yeah, can yeah. you focus on one thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Shut up. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> no, watch. We both, we both get Shut that. Up. We yeah. we both get that personally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, there's so many people that say that, like, always focus on one thing. You're gonna be yeah. successful in that. That's the rest of your yeah. life. That's the thing. Yeah. Come on, people. Look, look and listen. Okay. <laughs> He's done right. it. He is doing it. it it's Just possible. Shut your mouth. Shut your, your mouth. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No. There are, listen. 
so many people that are super successful they do not do just one thing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. first of all majority of people especially in the music industry they'll tell you themselves they didn't become successful from music they got noticed they got popular from music but it wasn't until they ventured into clothing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or film or you know, some other thing whether it's you know whatever else that they were doing that's where they were able to become really successful mm-hmm. you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. so if you only focus on one thing, then that means if that one thing fails, that is it for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you got to be able to say, hey, I can do this other thing. I can do this other thing and I, and put the, the time in for all of that. So again, to your other question by asking, how do you have the time for, you know, these different yeah. things? Well, there are 24 hours in a day. Mm-hmm. What are you doing with your 24 hours? Me personally? No, that is the question yeah, to yeah, ask. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it, I get it. <laughs> so I can be a DJ, yeah. I can be an actor, I can be a producer, I can be a screenwriter, I can be a blogger, I can take an hour or two to listen to some people talking on Clubhouse. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can spend time with my woman and with my kids. Mm-hmm. I can do the laundry. Mm-hmm. I can take my dogs out for a walk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have 24 hours in the day to do all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So some people feel like they need 16 hours to sleep mm-hmm. within their 24 hours. Yeah. And there's some people who feel like, I only need two. Mm-hmm. I only need five hours, and I'm good. And I mm-hmm. can keep going. I can get on to the next thing and the next thing. So, you know, I'm, I, I don't really pay attention to people who tell you that you need to just focus on one thing. To me, those people, they haven't done anything in their lives. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I I definitely can relate to that. It's a it's a perfect uh, answer for a lot of people question. actually. Yeah. Yeah, man. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Right. you You got to be able to spread yourself out there mm-hmm. and um just nope. you expand your mind. If you if you can think on something different or new, then you know go into doing it. And that's the way that I was able to even create my foundation. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I created the Demos Foundation, and I started to bring different um, events to the Virgin Islands. Right. So mm-hmm. I started off with, with, with doing a kickball game, right? To where during our carnival time, instead of people only listening to carnival music or, or going to different shows and stuff like that, I wanted to have an event where everyone can be involved and play a sport you get some exercise you get some fun out of it and i started bringing in all of the well-known or, or quote-unquote celebrities of the virgin islands to play in this game oh, and cool. have all the peoples from the vi just watch it for free so they just come to the field 
and they watch us play a game of kickball. Mm-hmm. And um, at the ending of the game, for the two teams that's playing, I, I, I have monies that I split. And the winning team decide on a nonprofit organization to donate their money to. Mm-hmm. And the losing team have their money for, and their nonprofit organization to donate to. So and, everyone and wins. Huh? So everyone wins. Everyone wins. It's, yeah. So it's not even about us, the celebrities, exactly. who yeah. play in the game. It's more so about you wanting to get that money for your nonprofit yeah. charity back. that you yeah. want to give to. Yeah, that you're giving back to the community. And these are the things that I do that I try to say, man, I want to create that. I want to create this other thing over here and this other thing over here. And if I'm able to, you know, have my 24 hours to to build on all of these different things, it can only help the community. Mm-hmm. You know, that's also where my mind thinks. I, you know, I use my 24 hours not only for my family but for my communities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and and that's me. I just want to be able to get out there and help people to expand their minds, broaden their horizons, and, and, and just go further. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm floored. <laughs> that's, right? that's we are definitely, we definitely going to be collaborating on a few projects because I oh, think... Definitely. I'm, um, I'm all with it. Well, I, I, I not think. I know that uh, we have uh, similar goals with regards to you know, elevating the, the communities yeah. and the cultures mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. So, I, and I, I just want to add this also. Um, so I was on island still in 1995 when Hurricane Marilyn hit St. Thomas. Mm. Okay, so in the Caribbean, you know, we have hurricanes yeah, yeah. and we always mm-hmm. have to worry about hurricanes. I was on island. Um, I didn't have electricity at my house from September to January mm-hmm. of that year, right? 95 wow, going into From September to Five January, months. I didn't have electricity. So we had to figure out how to do things, how to get around, how, you know, um, getting MREs from the, the National Guard and stuff like that. You know, it, it was a weird time. You know, you're throwing buckets down into your cistern to pull water out for you to take a bath and, you know, boil water and whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. So back in 2017, when Hurricane Irma and Irma. Maria yeah. hit the Virgin Islands, I was now living in Atlanta. And as soon as that happened, and remember now, Hurricane Irma and Maria were two Category 5 hurricanes yeah. that hit us in 11 days. Yeah, yeah, I remember so on this day, Irma hit. Eleven days later, Maria hit, flatlined the island, right? But while being in my position now, and again being a community man that I am, mm-hmm. I was already here figuring out how do I get supplies down to my island immediately, mm-hmm. like immediately. Mm-hmm. So myself, Rock City. Akon, some other, my, my lady Ebony, few other friends all got together here. John Wheatley, John, we all got together, pressure, and we started buying, I'm talking 
tens of thousands of dollars worth of of supplies. Supplies, yeah. And we were just sending 40-foot trailers of stuff down there. Tim Duncan on his own end was able to do his stuff too. And we were just, as a community and as a mm -hmm. team, we just went right into action. Nobody asked us to do that. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't on, a, we didn't have to do it because we don't live in the Virgin Islands anymore, mm -hmm. but we just knew that this is what was supposed to happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know I mean? yeah. So we were able to help our islands get back on its feet mm -hmm. much faster than back then when I was mm -hmm. um, a kid, mm -hmm. because at the time we didn't have as many um, as you would say, community leaders, well-known, you know, celebrity mm -hmm. um, people mm -hmm. from the Virgin Islands that's, you know, well off and able to do that. We didn't have as many back then mm. that we have right now. So now that we're the ones in the position now, we're doing every and anything that we can at any time to be able to give back to our community. You know what I'm saying? So we just sprung right into action. And again, that's what I'm saying. Just, you know, with creating the foundation and stuff like that. Um, just knowing what you got to do within your community to be able to inspire. So it's also inspiring to the young kids mm -hmm. coming up because mm -hmm. now they can say to themselves, wow, these guys are, you know, they went right into action to help me get what, flashlights, batteries, water, you know, toiletries, pads for females, you know, just so many different things. We were just right there springing into action and getting these type of things down there to them. Yeah, that's just yeah. pretty amazing. All right, well, we yeah. have to uh, tie up. Yeah. Um, well. You want to say a lot? Yeah, we have, um, um, who would you recommend for us um, to have on our show? That you haven't had on your show yet? Yeah. I mean, we just yeah, started, well, like, you, you're number six. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. So, so like, uh, what, what, what? Um, well, like, also, not only who you can recommend, but, like, who you could also probably put us in touch with or something like yeah. that. Ah, okay. Uh, let's see. I know my guy, Cardinal Official. Yeah, that'd be sure a good I'm pretty sure I can make a call to Cardi. I'm pretty sure I can make a call to Bungie Garland. Yeah, I spoke to him. Yeah. Okay, so these are my people. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, uh, of course Gibson. I know you said uh, yeah, you yeah, yeah. Gibson. That would be pretty cool to get Gibson on. You know, um, you know, I have a rolodex of people. But, yeah, you know, okay. Well, we will keep in touch with that. <laughs> we keep in touch. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and I could just give you like a list. And yeah. Just, okay, Benny, can we get this one? And I mean, it's like, going to be an ongoing thing anyway, so yeah, like, yeah. no right. list is too long. You yeah, know, exactly. Okay. Um, okay. What no, is next for no. Benny D though? Um, coming up next, uh, I'm gearing up to, we're putting a, a movie together, wow. a film together, myself and DeMarco, you know, the, DeMarco. the artist yeah, DeMarco. Yeah, 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 I yeah. remember him. So DeMarco wrote the script and... Um, what is it about? Me, me, DeMarco, and our, our friend Leo in London, he's in, he's in London, um, we're planning to go to Zimbabwe to shoot the film. Oh, nice. Okay. Sometime next year. So that's one thing that's on the plate. Um, gearing up for Virgin Islands Carnival. 
you know. Is it actually happening? Uh, well, I'm not too sure yet. We're still gearing up, you know. Up, you know? Until, <laughs> until they tell me it's not happening, I gotta gear up. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. ours got cancelled oh, so, now. Huh? Can, ours got cancelled already now, so yeah, kind of just. Ours got cancelled real quick. Yeah. Real quick. So, um, you know, I also tore. I tore managed for Rock City, for Simmons and Jada Kingdom. Right. So Jada Kingdom, you know, of course, is a new up and coming artist from Jamaica. She's so dope. Um, shout she's out, been shout doing out. Yeah. So she's been doing shows already. So I'm already been, I'm already on the road with her. Um, you know, keeping her 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 tour life straight. Yeah, um, cool. And then I just put together, I just A and R the new Rock City album. Yeah, so, uh, said like it's it's something to yeah, yeah, yeah. like he to watch gave, out for. Yeah, he gave us some <laughs> yeah. info about it, and it yeah. sounds pretty lit. So yeah, yeah. I'm honestly so looking I, forward to it. <laughs> just so you know, um, we had a listening session here at my house, right here in the studio, and Akon came through also, and um, you can see a piece of it on my Instagram. Uh, if you look through, you'll see there's a, a, a video of him speaking about as soon as we finished uh, playing the album, he took the mic and started speaking and he was just so blown away wow, by what he epic. heard. Um, so, so happy. Epic. Yeah, so, um, you know, again, we, 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 we got some things in the works that we're gearing mm -hmm. up for, so hopefully 2021 could be a much better year than 2020, mm -hmm. you know, because 2020 just came with so many lashes. It's mm -hmm. like, Every day there was something else happening and something else happening. Um, we're hoping to all redeem ourselves for 2021. Mm -hmm. Cool, that's epic. Yeah. Very exciting, and definitely yeah. keep keep us posted. Yeah, oh, um, we have uh, the last one. Um, we always do okay. and ask for um, for people who come on uh, on this show um, is if you have 10 seconds to address the world, um, what would it be? What would your speech uh, be? Okay, so. Listen to the world, I would always tell y'all, please, at all times, respect everyone, from the smallest person to the biggest person. Because many times, the littlest person, you never know where they're going to be a year from now. They could end up being your boss. Hmm. And they're going to remember when you didn't treat them correctly. So treat everyone with respect and keep going. Salute to everyone. That's amazing. That's a good ending. Yeah, that's perfect. Benny, thank you again <laughs> for spending this time with us. Um, definitely no thanks to Tropical Nomad Anichi yeah. behind the decks over there yeah. doing his thing. You know, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's late. It's, I mean, time is nothing because, you know, we're all in the industry and we do what we have to do when we have yeah. to do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I appreciate everyone and thanks obviously my, my co-hosts, you know. <laughs> <laughs> thanks anyway. a lot thanks a lot for coming on to the show um, it was really amazing to have the talk uh, thank you to the listeners to the viewers yeah. and stay tuned to episode number whatever we are now like I don't, I don't yeah, know 7-7 seven, seven, I think or something <laughs> but um, we need to take one picture one more picture if you if you if you can yeah but uh, we, cool. we should probably close right. off a bit better I think yeah yeah okay so bye everyone bye okay. everyone <laughs> we're out of that anyway so yeah. we finished recording okay um, so we just gonna come with a big screen